Je vous parle en direct de cette 17e étape du Tour de France. Le peloton, énorme machine de muscles et d'acier, vient de s'élancer. Welcome to episode 91 of the Barman and Bevo podcast, attempt number two. Uh, I think this might be three. Well, we had some uh, technical difficulties earlier, and we were able to record the first segment and the second segment, but those audio clips are gone. Just hours worth of work down the tubes. <laughs> Man, it was it was our best episode ever, I swear. Yep. I'll tell you what, for not doing this as often as we do it, it was pretty damn good. It was good. Um, that's okay. We tend to be able to, to, to do uh, uh, just as good a job the second time, the few times we've done it. So, uh, For those of you listening, that is my co-host, Michael Grandpa Barman, down on the south side. You know it. Uh, I bet his first birthday coming up. In, in the background, you can hear the Mark Cavalli uh, Piano Man show. Um uh, I, I kept it up just because I watch it every every Sunday night, and I'll be there Friday in Woodstock uh, to support him out at uh, Mad Life Studios. I'll be playing there two shows Friday night. Um, will, you be, will you be wearing a mask? I, I'll wear a mask out, and once I start drinking, though, I'm taking it off. Will you be social distancing? I'll be next to his girlfriend, Candon, and probably okay. Drew. <clears throat> Do they have uh, holes for straws in masks? Uh, you just put the straw under the mask. Oh, is that how it works? But the beer, I don't know how you suck beer through a straw. <laughs> um, all right, let's dive in um, again. Um, we've got uh, Tour de France. I'm just going to move the microphone in front of me so I'm not looking over at Mark while I'm talking to you. Um, we have Tour de France starting next Saturday. Oddly, an August start for a September finish. Um, probably the first time they've ever done that. Um, we'll dive into, or let's talk about what's been going on maybe the last two or three weeks. Um, we had, uh, Remco Evanpole. Is that how I say it? I know I asked this last yeah. time. No, um, I think he got it. I think he got it right this time. He had a strong, I guess, start to the season. He won a bunch of stage races that he was in. Yeah, he was in Tour of Poland. He won that. Um, he's on, was on track to do the Giro this year. Uh, won a couple other stages. Hasn't lost a stage race this season. I believe he has three, uh, at least one week, uh, one week or five day stage races wins. So was going super well. And then he has a, a crash at Lombardia. Or is it Lombardia? Lombardia. Uh, Lombardia, the part of uh, of Italy. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm sure our friend uh, Michele. <laughs> you mean Brian uh, Conley? Brian Conley. <laughs> Call him who he is. It's Brian Conley. 
I'm sure Michele will be uh, happy to uh, straighten this out. Um, and, and we talked about this before, just because I, I hadn't seen the accident. But he kind of took a turn a little too quick, and he took the outer out, outside line instead of the inside line, lost control of the front tire, hit a cement barrier, uh, and kind of the bike stayed on the road or in, in, in view. He did not, however. Yeah, he dropped about 20 feet down into a ravine um, and fractured his hip. Oof. You said he's up and moving around, though. He is up and moving around. They don't feel like he needs any surgery. That's good. Uh, so awesome part there. Uh, he's been uh, showing some videos of him walking through, uh, walking through the hospital room. And and you said he was he was tr really training for the Giro, so he might have enough time to recover. No, he'll be out for the rest of the for the oh, rest okay. of twenty twenty twenty. Oh wow, that sucks. Yeah, especially that since he was just, in such good form, you know. Yeah, you just want that one to heal the way it needs to. Right. Um, we had the Tour of Poland, which he won. Another horrific crash. I mean, this is one of the worst ones that I've ever seen. Right. Um, in the in the twenty years I've been watching the sport, um, I, I think I said to you earlier the only one that I thought was worse was uh, um, Huger, that, Hugerland. Hugerland's crash. Go, yeah, going into the, the barbed wire at the tour. Yeah, uh, Fabio Jacobson. It was the finish of stage one, so it was a sprint finish. If I remember, it was one or two, yes. right? Oh, it's <clears throat> stage one. It's a downhill, pretty fast sprint. Uh, Groenewegen kind of moved his line. Uh, deviated from his line and pinched uh, Jacobson into uh, um, into the barriers, and unfortunately, the barriers did not hold up. And well, just... and you you said it was it was really more them not using the correct style or not locking them correctly. It did it looked like a completely different, like a cheap solution to me. Yeah, it looked like it almost looked like a PVC pipes. And uh, like I mentioned before, sometimes when we're doing events, we'll leave uh, spacing of one uh, of a couple of feet and put some coloplast uh, opener, uh, like a door. Yeah. So officials can get across the road uh, so people can um, that um, event event people can get can get to where they need to go. People can get out of their cars at the finish and those that thing. Originally, I thought he had hit an opening. Um, but as the barriers were coming apart, they were actually sliding into the road and causing even more crashes, which is really, really, really odd. That's usually the fencing that they use at, at all cycling events is meant to meant to maintain everyone in the road for the safety of both the people on the outside of the fence and the racers who are racing on the inside of the fence. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it came apart pretty easily. It was it, it looked like a very lightweight solution because you, you normally would not see a guy. I mean, he was going fast. He had to be going over 30 miles an hour at that point and he went through it like it was nothing it was it was bad um did um who was the rider that veered out of out of line who would you what was his name uh growing wagon on did, did he end up getting dq'd for that he he was he was originally the first person across the line jacobson was the second person across the line uh jacobson was awarded the win uh, Groenwagen was pulled from his team from competition until further discussions. Uh, Groenwagen has apologized, and uh, no, I don't think anyone on the planet feels like he maliciously he did he didn't necessarily follow the rules. But if he had to do over again, 
I feel everybody would would be able to get through that safely um, on a on a second go round. Um, who and then we we obviously know Evan Pole won that uh, stage race. Uh, Jakobsen, I know he, they put they induced, put him in an induced coma. He's out of that now, and he's on the road to recovery. Correct? Yeah, the doctors feel like he can. He's going to make a full full recovery. Uh, and be able to race again. Uh, sounded like uh, from his interviews or from what the Euro, the Euro press is talking about. There, he's excited to go back, get to back to racing, uh, getting healthy again, and getting back to racing. So, doesn't sound like it's a long term effect kind of deal. So, um, then we had la- last week was the Dauphine, correct? Correct. Um, five day, five mountainous stages. Um, uh, really trying to uh, <clears throat> help people prepare for the Tour de France. Yep. Um, bunch of crashes here. Uh, a lot of uh, contenders for the Tour. Uh, Roglic, uh, he crashed. He was in the lead at the point. At that point, correct? Right. He was. He was in the lead, and he decided not to do the. His road rash was so bad. He finished stage four, still as the leader, uh, and then decided not to start stage five. Uh, his teammate Krusewick and um, Peter Sagan's teammate on Bora uh, crashed on a descent, a pocked up uh, roaded road descent, and Krusewick actually broke his collarbone, so he's out of the Tour de France. Bachman, I think, is a little bit better off and should be okay for the Tour. You said it was so a pocket. The video, the the pictures that the that people have been posting on social media about where they crashed. Um, looked as bad as as of asphalt road I've ever seen. Oh wow! Um, you said uh, Bernal didn't look too good, or he did he uh, crash Bernal, out? Or Bernal, no, he decided to. He said he had a back issue, and then um, and then Froome and, and uh, Thomas didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. Uh, the first two days they were really just surviving, doing a little bit of work. Uh, I know the team was hoping that their fitness was high enough that they'd be able to get stronger throughout the five days. Um, but that's part of the reason that they were left off the Tour de France team was because their fitness was not was not improving. So um, Garrett Thomas was moved to the Giro, and then uh, uh, Froome was moved to the Vuelta to give them both more time. What? Um, and then you've got in here American rider is a Sepkus. Sepkus was the was the winner of stage five, soloed away on a uh, with two, two climbs to go, caught the breakaway and then soloed in for the win. Um, and then you've got and e- then, EF Education Daniel Martinez wins the overall and Pino gets second. Good for Pino, yep. man. I like I like that kid. Yeah, seventeen uh, seventeen seconds back, he couldn't quite keep up with Daniel Martinez on the last climb. Uh, so congratulations to Martinez for racing well. I drove him to and from the airport in Utah last year. So oh really? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to think that I had a little, little something to do with that. A little pep talk. Put a little something in his ear. You know. <laughs> hey coach. Hey, He's kid. hitting you up late night on Skype for coach coaching lessons. <laughs> uh, usually the drop off a, a egg and cheese bagel sandwich, but you know <laughs> whatever it takes to win. Um, and then we had uh, Strada Bianchi and Milan San Remo. Uh, Ud Van Ert wins both. Win, wins both. Uh, soloed into uh, Strada Bianchi, uh, which he got second in the year before. 
And then he and Ala Philippe uh, came to the line together in San Remo ahead of a small group. And Wout uh, out sprinted uh, Ala Philippe for the win. Oh, wow. So congratulations to Wout. And then the following, the week after that, he won the national. He won. He actually won the first stage of the Dauphine, and then he also last week won the Belgian national time trial title. Wow! Defended. Yes. So he's uh, going really is, well. Is he a threat? Not, not for the Tour de France win, uh, but it sounds like they're taking him. He could possibly win the green jersey. Um, he'll probably win a stage or two. What about Sagan? Uh, and, is that his big? Uh, his going to be his big rival? Um, hard to tell. Sagan's a, traditionally is a little faster than he is. Okay. Um, but um, and obviously he has a really good idea how to win the green jersey, doing it seven times, I think, uh, six times, six or seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, it'll be interesting. Um, while I think is more there to win some stages and then make sure that he can support Rolick in the. Uh, thinking that he'll probably get the yellow jersey rather early, so it'll be a lot for the team All right. to defend. So that that takes us, catches us up. The tour starts Saturday. Um, as you mentioned, Tim in- Team Ineos has split up. The three previous winners are, 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 I guess, we talked about this earlier. We actually looked it up. Ineos slash Team Sky has won six of the last seven races. With the th- with the three with people, those they three people. with those three people that they could have brought to this this year's tour, so very impressive. Um, so Bernal's the team leader. Froome goes to the Volta. G- uh, Thomas goes to the Giro. I saw Kwiatkowski's on the team with Bernal, and there was you. You mentioned a younger Russian guy. Yeah, uh, uh, Slovak, I believe his last name is. Uh, he looks fantastic. And then they also moved Carapaz, who's the defending Giro champion, to the to the uh, Tour de France. And if Bernal has any issues, Carapaz is is quite a bit more is quite a bit more intense than Bernal, and may be able to pull pull something out also uh, if things go wrong for Bernal. Yes. So obviously, I saw the story, and I I texted you first, and I texted uh, Mikule second. <laughs> um, I saw the story last week, and I was I was a bit I wasn't surprised that Froome was left off the team, but I was surprised that that Geraint, uh, Geraint Thomas was left off the team. Um, well, Froome Froome obviously leaving. This is last year. There he's going to the young Israeli team. I, I don't remember their name, um, but they're uh, like a startup. Uh, they were in the tour last year. If that's I remember, an, that's really the name of the team is uh, Israeli startup. Okay, it's a. They have a very rich benefactor from Israel that's sponsoring the team, kind of in um, show of support for Israel with the other with the, um, the with the oil barons kind of having their own team with the UAE and yeah. Iran, uh, giving a little bit more of a balance or wanting to represent and show that they're good at cycling. Also, um, you have here a, a new twist or a new change to the Tour de France. There's no more podium girls. Um, they did invite Barman and I to be podium boys. Um, they said we could come only if we wore our uh, Borat speedo. <laughs> the shorts, the shorts were a little too tight, and so we had to politely decline. Well, that's what happens uh, when they hand you a medium, Barman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Politely declined for this year, and maybe with a proper workout routine, maybe 2021 <laughs> may, may, be, may be our year. Okay. Um, 
I, I, I honestly expect the, the stage presentation to be a lot different this year and potentially even next year. Um, uh, well, Podium Girls are kind of going the way of the Me Too movement. The Me Too sexist, uh, just too sexist. Um, you know, do you have Podium Girls? Ladies, do you, do you, you know, so, um, you, you know, there's been races that have adopted dogs um, brought to the podium, so they have podium adoptables. Oh, that's um, good. I like that. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Um, there's there's kids like the soccer players kind of do. It's hard yeah. to boo a bunch of kids on the stage um, for soccer. Um, so, um, all right, Americans in the race. Any? Sepkus is uh, is going to be on the jumbo. Visma team. Uh, there is a chance that EF Education could take loss of Craddock or TJ Van Garderen, uh, possibly oh, another another American, TJ. which would <laughs> we haven't been ta- it's a good thing we haven't been speaking about him lately, but it's the, the way it is. Um, <laughs> that poor, so he's been through enough. <laughs> yeah. So the the possibility the I believe Joey Roscoff on CCC is slated for the Juro Classics and Juro team. Um, but obviously the whole situation is very fluid. Um, who should we be watching? If, if, who do you feel like at the end of this 20, 21 stages, who's going to be on the podium? Well, I believe, uh, uh, Rolick will win. Um, I believe either Bernal or Carap- Carapaz will be on the podium. Um, possibly a second teammate like Dumoulin, uh, uh, maybe Quintana on the podium. Really? Uh, maybe, uh, I thought, I thought between the Frenchman, Pinot, Bardet and, um, and Ala Philippe, uh, one of them will, or all three could probably end up in the top five. None of them. I don't think could win the, could win the, the tour. Isn't uh, Ala Philippe so. Belgian? No. He's French. Okay. So, um, so you know this uh, this tour is really it's uh, only got thirty six kilometers of time trial. So this is really meant for Bardet to win to be his kind of uh, showcase Tour de France. And unfortunately, he just isn't in a very good place right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, the as far as the team mentality who what do you think the big battle is going to be well Anios versus jumbo visa visma is going to be is going to be <clears throat> very very good uh, uh probably better than than postal discovery versus t-mobile mm-hmm. um that everyone's going to be looking for them um like we mentioned before uh movistar and jumbo visma might uh, let a break go with like demoulin and um, Valverde uh, or one of the one of the Movistar riders get like five or six minutes, and so uh, the other teams could be chasing that for the three weeks. It'll be really interesting to see to really see how this plays out team wise, how much effort the teams are going to have to put in to defend, um, uh, whether there's side deals from other teams to help. Uh, those kind of those kind of things is going to be very 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 interesting. So, um, 
All right, so then uh, the last question I really have for you about the tour is what will we see more of? Positive tests for COVID or positive tests for doping? I don't think you'll probably, with this, with this type of uh, environment, I think mean, doping is actually on the, is very, very, very unlikely. Uh, the Tour de France has, has recommended that two positive tests in a team, um, you could be uh, withdrawn. Uh, they backed, they stepped back from that a little bit this week, saying more, more, more. If you have an issue, an obvious issue, or if something happened that was malicious, um, they're really thinking like two in seven days, not necessarily two over the three weeks. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. They're really the Tour de France has really kind of put the put the teams. Um, in charge of making sure that they stay safe. Um, is there anything else Tour de France related that we need to discuss before we move on to the world and the uh, the stories uh, around the MLS and, and um, uh, Atlanta United? Uh, do you have any tour questions? Um. You know, at this point, you know, I'm working on watching my 20th Tour de France. I think I've got it down at this point, unless they've changed the rules. <laughs> no, I think you, I think you got them pretty down. Um, any, any like odd stage, any team time trials this year? I'm sure the the prologue Saturday. I'm assuming is a time trial. No, no prologue this oh, year. Oh, really? Go right Straight into, stage. They go right into a lumpy 150, 170 kilometer stage. Okay. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be kind of dicey, uh, <clears throat> similar to last year. You could have kind of a surprise winner in the in the first stage that isn't really a true sprinter, right? Um, and so it'll be it'll be the time trial isn't until the second to last day, uh, so the time gaps between people will be very very small for a very long period of time or for many many days unless unless the, the unless someone lets that break go and get four or five minutes that they don't feel can defend. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting. Um, I'm assuming there's a time trial or two at some point during the race. One. There's one. Wow. They one. really did set it, this up. <laughs> yes. For a French. And, and the time trial is 36 kilometers and the last six K are a climb. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, it was really, it was really meant to, uh, um, it was really, it was really meant, it was really meant for Bardet. How many, um, crap, I forgot my question. Um, ah, oh, how many countries do they ride in? Uh, this year is just in France. I thought you said they started in Monaco. Uh, just outside Monaco in Nice. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So they're going to stay, yeah, they're going to stay in France this year. Um, I, I think that's it. I mean, we we, we may all... do we may do a Stooges episode in the middle of the race. Uh, you know, just I'm going on vacation next week. We're going up to Charlotte for a couple of days to see my parents, or, oh, we're going, cool. or we're going down to South Carolina, depending on a couple of things. So, um, and I'll see my brother. My sister's moving back to Charlotte. Holly, right. uh, Maggie, not Holly. So, oh, okay. Uh, so, 
uh, and then Holly moved to, to Charleston. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let's jump into uh, Atlanta United. Since the last time we recorded, uh, which was before the MLS's back tournament, just before it started, a whole mess of things have happened. I mean, you couldn't write these many, probably these many headlines in a year uh, for, for, one, <laughs> for one team, let alone 45 days, something like that. Um, all right, so Atlanta goes to Orlando. The tournament starts up. They, they're eliminated after three games. They don't score a single goal. They looked absolutely atrocious. Um, red cards being issued, lots of yellow cards, no form. It seemed like there's no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, they get back to Atlanta, and within days of being back, uh, they decided to part ways. Um, they decided to part ways with Frank DeBoer, or Frank DeBoer resigned. Oh, Frank- Frank DeBoer did resign, so they don't have to. There's none of the uh, paying no him. no paying anyone. Um, uh, the Lane Kiffin, uh, if you if you you're gonna pay me, you can fire me, but you're gonna pay me. Um. All right. So Frank DeBoer. Um. What are your thoughts? I mean, what was the, the was the Frank DeBoer era of Atlanta United? And I know I've asked this multiple times. Was it a successful period of time for Atlanta, or was it? Well, two 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 cup victories. They won the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they won the the Campeones Cup. Is Campione's that what it's called? Cup. Campione's Cup. Yeah, Campione's Cup. Well, um, and, and Barman. By the way, yes, they are reigning champions of both those cups. True. So, because um, they both got canceled this year, <laughs> you know. Un- yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately for DeBoer, you know, he he made changes when he needed to, to win games, and it felt like he was not interested in improving. It, it felt like he wanted to institute some sort of play that he that he wanted to do that the team wasn't interested in. And, and the, uh, in Orlando, was just awful. People looked like they didn't know where they were supposed to be on the pe- on the field. All players were asking what they're supposed to be doing. You said they'd look like they'd never practiced together. Completely looked out out of sorts. Like the team, almost like the team was doing something that they didn't anticipate them doing. And, and you still have to play your soccer. I mean, if you have the, a lot of their possession, I think they were, they would be at 60 or 62% possession and, and lose one nil. So, oh, the defense, the defense looked so bad. Like they didn't know <laughs> what they were doing. And you've got, I mean, Mays is a competent center back. And Miles Robinson was one of the best center backs in, in the league last year. I mean, he was a top 11 player. Yeah, and they, it, they, were, they were lost. They just looked completely disinterested. Um, didn't look like anyone, and no one knew what they wanted to do. Um, you know, part of Atlanta United's makeup and, and what makes defense actually work is scoring the first goal. And then you and then that helps defending a whole lot more. And DeBoer just wasn't interested in scoring that first goal. No, he was playing. It was almost like he was playing for the draw. It, almost. It felt like that all the time when we were watching him, unless it was time to win when they needed to win a game. Unless they're playing an um, expansion team, which they so, ended up losing to one. Yes. Um, it was bad. 
so here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, if I look at the overall, like it was like a roller coaster. It started off really bad. He turned it around and sold me on it, and then he sold us out. And and sold I think out. and I think a lot of the roster changes we had um, this year were due to specifically him. I think Gressel's gone because of him. I think uh, LGP's uh, he, gone because he, of him. He, he, he came out publicly and said that he did not want to lose LPG or Gressel um, and and mentioned that, that he he liked both players and the, that that wasn't his doing. And I, I, I saw some of the interviews and I really felt that way. So Okay, well, then I, I take that back. But... You know, but but still losing those players, and then you know, like we mentioned, bringing new players in, it didn't look like there was any system for them to come into. Yeah, everyone on the field just looked like they were Lost. they were just trying to do their best. Like, I mean, literally, you know, Joe could have done better, just 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 lining them up and saying, "Go that way, <laughs> go towards the other person's goal." Um. The, the story's also coming out now. I heard Guzan talking about it last week. You know, my favorite player, number one, on the field, ain't in our hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot how early you jumped on the Guzan bandwagon. <laughs> I like how, how Guzan keeps getting mentioned for, I guess, uh, Stefan's not playing very well or didn't play very well towards the end of the, of the Premier League season. Oh, uh, um, Zach. Yeah, yeah, for the for, um, the German league, he's in the German league, I think. Yeah, uh, I thought he's in the EPL. He is. He got loaned over to Germany, though. Yeah, and, and he wasn't playing play. a whole lot there. And well, he wasn't um, playing well, I think. And the talk was that even though Guzan doesn't necessarily play out of the back all that well, uh, eventually it comes down to who's going to stop the most shots gives you the best chance to win. You know, so you got to give it to Guzan for listen. Zach Stefan's very young. He's still. 23, 24 years old, and, and Guzan's Oh, wow, 36. I didn't think he was that young. Guzan's 36, so, I mean, hey, if he's a hot goaltender, Stefan's got time to grow into that role. I mean, you know, he's going to be the goalie for the U.S. men's national team for the next 15 years. So, let Guzan, if Guzan's the hot hand, you play him. It's just like hockey. You play the better goalie, and, 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 and you know, Guzan, yeah, he's playing the MLS, but he's playing every week. And he's putting up good numbers. He had 16 shutouts last year. I think he had 14 or 15 the year before. You know, he's just in a better space right now. These things that could turn in a heartbeat, right? You know, you know, if 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 the boar had stayed around, you know, maybe Guzan's not the guy in three months. You know, who right. knows? But the one thing I'll tell you, the only guy out there that was out there playing his ass off was Guzan. Uh, I totally agree. He was the he looked like the only person on the field that was really knew what he was supposed to be doing and knew and 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 was trying to help the defense as much as he could. But even even then it didn't look like people knew where they were supposed to be playing. Um So the one thing uh the story's coming out mostly about the lack of communication between DeBoer and the team. Um I saw multiple people say it. I saw specifically Guzan. He said that was the biggest difference. So they they brought up Stephen Glass, who was the Atlanta United two team coach 
Uh, you said earlier he doesn't have the best record, but last night he got his first win in the MLS in his first attempt, two nothing against um, Nashville. Well, if you're, you know, if you're new in the, if you're a new expansion team, and you were, um, and and he's been coaching at, at Atlanta United too, that would make that would make a lot of sense. Just like a minor league baseball uh, manager who's kind of been in the been in the system for a long time and has has coached or managed a lot of the players. Um, but his his record at, at Atlanta United too, I'm trying to look it up, up now, um, was just um, a di- just dismal it was uh it, it was not good when i saw it and that and so ho- hopefully he gets an opportunity um he seems the it seems to be communicating better with everyone everyone looked like they knew what they were supposed to be doing um but that could also come from how poorly they played in um he's my in orlando in, in orlando i saw that <laughs> well, i'm trying to look it up uh atlanta united 2 is the coach for three years Um, doesn't have his stats. No, I think they've been hiding them in the press well, room. I'm on Wikipedia. Statistics. No, year by year. Damn. So, anyways, uh, seven, just... 7, 17, and 10, 9, 17, and 8. Ooh, 1, 7, and 3 this year. Oh. <laughs> doesn't bring a lot of, uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't warm you, give you warm, uh, uh, warm and fuzzies. Yeah, you say that, yet they've developed three or four players off that team and brought them up. You know, Bell- Bellow spent the majority of his time playing, mostly because he was injured. Um, why do we why do we play the game? You play to win. Do we need to talk to Herm Edwards. Do we need to call Coach Herm up and ask him why do Herm? Why do we play the game? We're Sun Devils now. Or the Sun Devils? The, the Sun Devils aren't playing this season, so I don't want to hear it. No. <laughs> um, agreed. I agreed. You know, they brought up uh, Tyler Wolf a few weeks back. They signed uh, Efren Morales. Uh, about a week ago, and there's probably one other. Who's the kid that was playing defense at the beginning of the season? A blonde-haired kid that they brought up, really young. I can't remember his name. Not Carlton. No, Carlton's in. Um, Carlton's playing in Indianapolis. He's on the gotcha. to the USL team, and he's actually playing really well. He's got his his mojo back. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, well, there's another kid. He's a defender. I can't remember his name. You remember he he came in because Miles Robinson got hurt at the last minute. They they were out of Bella was hurt. Miles Robinson was hurt. They called him up. He played. He played great against Cincinnati oh, cool. and Nashville. Oh, nice. Um, early 168 days ago. <laughs> Ow. Um. All right. So last night they played against Nashville in the Benz empty stadium. We get two goals from Pity Martinez. Played a great game. Um, I thought the man of the match was uh, Remedy. Um, I thought he played an incredible game. Um, Pity's second goal was just disgusting. I mean, it was so good. First goal was great. He made a couple of nice moves on a great pass from Remedy uh, over the defense. uh, Beat two guys, including uh, Walker Zimmerman. Cut back, beat the goalie. Great goal. Um, it wasn't pretty at times, but it was a lot better than what we'd seen. 
Yes. I know you, you watched, you were trying to catch as much of the game as you could. Um, and they did it for the most part without Ezekiel Barco. He didn't play at all. Miles Robinson only played the second half because uh, Mesa got hurt. It looked like he had a knee injury, maybe a, a, some cartilage issue or a strained knee. Um, he didn't come back in the second half, so Robinson came in. Um, the, one, the one thing that stood out in to me was the difference between Adam John and Eric Kubo Torres. John played 80 minutes and was basically invisible out there again. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe like two or three touches. He didn't get a single shot at all. And, and he's, all he's doing is posting up. He's just, just hanging with the center defensive uh, player the whole game and, and not really getting involved in the plays too much. He comes off in the 80th minute. Uh, Torres comes in. He gets a touch immediately. And then he's he almost scores a goal. His shot got blocked, and then he's involved in the play on Pity's second goal. He makes a nice pass to Mo Adams. Adams drops the ball to a trailing Pity Martinez. Pity line drive, top left corner. Uh, goalie had no shot. Yep. Yeah, we just Easy. we just signed yep. this guy. I, he was supposed to start. I don't know why he didn't. To me, the Adam John experiment's over. That guy's the backup. Backup? Unless or there's a fitness loan, issue. Or he's loaned out. Well, at this point, I think they only have two or three forwards. Um, but Torres needs to start every game. Oh, cool. Um, and the guy's got experience. In the, he's 27. He played for Chivas USA when they existed, and he played for one other team. And he's got a bunch of goals in, in the MLS. Oh, cool. Um, you know, he's playing in the Mexican League. They signed him a couple weeks ago. Him and Jurgen Dam a couple weeks apart. Jurgen Dam was another guy I expected to see last night. He didn't play. Um, but, you know, we were in a stretch of five games in 15 days. So most likely um, we start seeing more of those guys Wednesday or even next Saturday against Orlando. So Right. Um, anything else about the Atlanta United that we didn't mention? I think we jo- got... Joseph's done for the year. Yeah, he's... so that they could use the DP on. on... Well, he's a designated slot with with Torres, I believe. Um, they shut Joseph. I now what I said to you earlier when we recorded was I didn't know if Joseph would be eligible for the playoffs, but uh, yeah, it might work similar to like how the NHL works, where there's no salary cap in the uh, right in the in the playoffs. Who knows? But yeah, I just course... don't. I just don't see him. I just don't see him coming back this season. Um, he should be pretty close at the, he should be like within a month or two of being ready. I, I just don't think it's worth the, worth the chance. That, that I don't disagree with As someone who's torn their ACL three times, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, uh, because, you know, playing three games and then, um, or having all those months to rehabilitate and make sure you get to go your own pace. I just can't. I just can't see him coming back. Now, if they find a way to weasel their way into the Eastern Conference Finals and he is ready to go, I'm not saying you don't play him because <laughs> he is right. a game changer. But, you know, that, that also well, gives you an you opportunity. Well, if you have the players that get you to that point, right. you, probably have to, you probably have to stick with them. So. Well, but the other thing is, if you've got a two-forward set and Torres is as dangerous, uh, even a little bit more dangerous than, than he showed last night, or, or starts light lighting the lamp a little bit. 
you know, it's not out of the question. But I don't know what right. the rules are there. Um, the, there's five games in 15 days. We said that. They're only playing three teams right now. It's uh, Nashville, Orlando, and Miami. Wednesday night they play Miami. Saturday they play Orlando. And then I think they come back and play Miami and Orlando at home. And then they go to Nashville and play one more time. I would assume the way this is structured, they're trying to keep travel to a minimum. Um, So we could see like a Philly, Washington, and then one of the New Yorks. Or we could see Columbus, Chicago, Toronto, um, or Columbus, Cincinnati, Chicago. Um, Right. Oh, it won't be Toronto. I don't know where Toronto's playing. Toronto might be playing in New York. So you could have a New York, New York, Toronto series. Because Toronto, they're not, Canada's not letting teams come in. Right. It'll be interesting to see how, how they are able to work this out. Um, you know, it's, it's speaking of that, the Blue Jays are playing at Pilot Field in Buffalo. Have you been there before? I worked there for a summer. Oh, did you? I was, uh, I worked for the minor league Buffalo Bisons. Back when uh, my before my senior year of college, I was an intern there. Um, How the sight lines in the in the stands? It's a great stadium. It's a great minor league park. Oh, cool! It's a great minor league park. Um, I'll tell you a couple quick stories. So yes, I, I, I did. Wait. I did meet a couple players that ended up making it in the bigs. Uh, Trinidad Hubbard was one. Wow! I worked there the summer I worked there was the year before Cologne Bartolo Cologne got pulled up. He mm-hmm. threw a perfect game there. Oh, wow. Um, and then the other guy I met uh, was a reliever for the Giants for a long time. Steve Klein, the Giants and the Cardinals. Oh, wow. Um, he was a great guy. I took him out on a couple player appearances. He's really nice. And then the highlight of my summer. So this is back when they were the Indians minor league team. I oh, get cool. I, My boss is like, hey, I need you to go to the airport and pick somebody up today. I'm like, okay, we got a new player coming in. He's like, nope. Uh, the Cleveland Indians GM is coming to town to scout for the playoffs. I mean, I go, I get to pick up John Hart. He goes, you know who, I go, you know, I'm an Indians fan. I know who John Hart is. Cause you gotta go pick up John Hart at the airport. I'm like done and done before we're out of the parking lot. I'm screaming at him for trading Kenny Lofton to the Braves. How did he feel about that? He goes, I appreciate your passion. He goes, I, I can tell that you are a diehard Indians fan. I love it. I go, I don't mean to be disrespectful, sir, but he was my favorite player. And you traded him to the team I hate the most. The Braves? I hate the Braves more than any team in baseball. Oh, well, I take that back. I thought you just hate Bobby Cox. No, I hate the Braves. Oh, okay. They, when, I was, when I was a Pirates fan, they destroyed the Pirates in 91 and 92. And then they, the Pirates let everybody go. And then, I, like, at that point, I was halfway in the Indians bandwagon anyway, so I jumped on. Nice. And then 95 ruined me again. Oh, really? The 95 World Series against the Braves. The only, the only other teams that compare to them are the Marlins, the Cubs, and now the Houston Astros. I don't know if you're following. There's a guy that has the uh, Twitter handle, the Houston Andrew Astros Victory Tour 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link to follow him. He is great. Yes, please. He is That'll great. Be funny. Um, yeah, so the Blue Jays are playing in Buffalo, which I think is awesome. 
Because they, oh, cool. when Colorado got their expansion team, Buffalo was on the was like second or third on that list to get an expansion team. Oh, they really? Needed to Colorado and or Miami or Arizona, I can't remember. Um, I think my well, Miami and Colorado, I think, were at the same time. Yeah. Then and then Arizona. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Atlanta United team wants to go back to Atlanta United football, which is that run and gun score, lots of goals, uh, play a little bit more wide, wide open, lots of attacking. Um, I'm just trying to score the first goal. Not, yeah, not, ha- the, not playing I, on I'm, your back foot the whole game. The, you know, I, I understand having possession is good, but if you don't score any goals, what, what does it matter how much possession you have? Um, do you think Steven Glass is the guy, or do you think they actually go out and find somebody? I think they're giving Steven Glass an opportunity, um, <clears throat> and if he what, what he does with it is up to him. Um, I think you know for 2020, I can't imagine them hiring someone else. So I, if they were to hire someone, I I feel it would be um, after this season and finishes and uh, going into 2021. Do you think they go and get somebody out of Latin America? Uh, it's hard to tell. They've been very um, interested in in Scotland. Stephen Glass is from Scotland. Oh, so because the tie-in with Aberdeen. Yeah, their sister, their sister club, and so that's bullshit. I, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they're not going to Scotland to hire a coach unless it's no, coming well, from no, Celtic or Rangers. No, I just said their viewpoint <laughs> might 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 turn a little bit. Um. Also, I think they would probably go for the best coach available, not necessarily where they're from. Uh, kind of like DeBoer ended up being. Um, and I'm sure DeBoer in the interview process said that he was able to, he, he would be able to uh, work the system. Um, yeah, so I have that which, on here. <laughs> he must have done one hell of a sales job in that interview. Yes, but he was only interested in doing that when they absolutely had to. And otherwise, he was only interested in trying to uh, formulate his own his own system. You want Ajax in America? I'm, I I really don't have any idea what he was trying to do. I don't know either. You know, speak. His interviews were his interviews were, were they they felt pretty candid, um, but they weren't very good either. I I don't think his English was as strong as maybe he thought it was. Well, he speaks like four languages. Well, speaking none of them well doesn't do you any good. Well, he spoke Spanish. I mean, he was he played in Barcelona, so I, and I think he coached in Barcelona too. So he obviously, right. he spoke Spanish, obviously for the players. I think he was an assistant coach. So I think he. I think. I think this. I don't necessarily think the Spanish was the issue. I just think that that he only went to. Uh, I think it's very hard for a team to play under its ability a system it doesn't necessarily do well in just because the coach wants you to, to just flip the switch when you need to and switch over to something that you're good at. Yeah. Why not just play the way we're good at now and then make adjustments from that? Uh, So my personal thought, I don't think you make that mistake again. You go and get somebody that's coaching this style somewhere else. and, And listen, the majority of your players are South American those guys want to play for South American coaches. I oh, mean, the South Americans want to make it to Europe, right? But so they while they're coach. here, they want to, the way they they've got to play well. 
You know, the one thing that Stephen Glass did that was great, he went back and watched the, the where Pity was playing at, at River Plate, and he put him in that position last night. Left left forward. Right. You know, he went back and looked at the tapes. Where was this guy most effective when he was at River Plate? Playing on the left side, playing a forward position, and, and he gets re- immediate results. That's where the guy's comfortable. You never saw him play that position under Frank DeBoer. He was always on the right side. Well, he who knows where he was. There, there were times we were watching the we were watching the game on the field, and it was just like he looked out of it's place. It's like what, what, what is he doing? Why is he in the middle again? You know, you isn't know? he supposed to be out to the side? And it was you. You look at the same thing happened with Miguel Almiron at Newcastle. This coach, this new coach, comes in, puts him on the other side. He wants to play on the left. They move him to the right, and he's, he's just like struggles. Right. You know? He tries, but he struggles. Yes. Moving back to left, you get, you get results. So, but I think I, I do think the South American players would be happy to play for someone that can help them improve agreed. and get to and get to Europe. Agreed. It doesn't necessarily have to be a South American coach just to be a South American coach. He has to be able to help them get to to do what Almarone did. Yeah. Okay. Um. We'll talk about the MLS is back tournament quickly. Uh, <laughs> somehow, some way. Orlando made it to the finals. They beat a, a, a LAFC team that was just destroying teams. Um, they go up against Portland. I believe they lost three, two to one or three to one. I can't remember. I think it was three to one. Yeah. Um, the one thing I noticed is once they got to the bracket round, almost every game went to penalty kicks. So that's yes. that's stupid. It's pretty wild. Um you know, you're playing in a bubble. No one's getting te- positive tests. Just play to a winner. If you, unless unless it goes like two overtimes and then has to go to penalty kicks. I have a feeling they went full time and then went to penalty kicks, but I don't know. Um, Very hard to tell. I stopped watching after Atlanta United lost, so it was just not interesting. I, did too. I, I had zero, zero interest in what was going on. Um, NHL. Uh, your Tampa Bay, I was just watching, actually, I had Tampa Bay Boston on for a minute before we came in here. I think the Bruins are up 2-0. It was 0-0 when I turned it off at 8-50. So, here's how the NHL play-in round went. It is 2-0. You had the Philly, Boston, Tampa and Washington playing for the number one seed. I think Boston lost every game and got the four. Uh, Washington ended up with a three seed, and Philly and and Tampa fought out for the number one seed. I think Philly got it, correct? Yes, Philly got the first, Tampa second. Uh, Tampa goes on to eliminate... Who do they eliminate? Uh, Columbus, uh, Columbus, five games. Um, Philly goes team, on to eliminate. Uh, oh, uh, hold on before we get there. All right, so then you <laughs> jumped. I jumped to skip the whole round. Pittsburgh loses in the playing round to the worst team in the playoffs. How's that happen? Uh, they did not want to be in the bubble. <laughs> is that what happened? I, I, is there no golf in the bubble? No, there is no golf in the bubble. What do you mean there's no golf in the bubble? They're in Toronto. There's no golf. Oh, is that is that sure? It's August. There's no trust me. They weren't no, allowed to go golfing. I don't believe so. Oh wow. 
Uh, it's not like they're in Orlando, like Atlanta United was, where they were. I guarantee they were playing golf every day. <laughs> um, so Pittsburgh gets eliminated in five in four games. They lose the series three to one. Uh, they just did not. They looked a lot like Atlanta United, like they didn't want to be there. And Carey Price played out of his head, good, and they couldn't score. Um, wow. Uh, so they don't move on. Um, so Tampa eliminates Columbus, Philly eliminates Montreal. Uh, the Islanders beat the Capitals. The Capitals are out of the playoffs in the first round. Uh, and the other Eastern Conference was Bruins beat Carolina. So Tampa's playing Boston, and Philly is now playing the Islanders, which should be interesting. Um, in the West, you've got the Canucks eliminate the Blues, the Avs eliminate the Coyotes. Las Vegas eliminates Chicago, and I think Dallas eliminated the Flames. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, I've got, I think Colorado or Las Vegas are going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm leaning more towards Colorado. I think it's Nathan McKinnon's McKinnon's team. Um, I like him. He's from Cole Harbor, just like Sidney Crosby. I know Barman's, Barman's rooting hard for his bolts. You put ten dollars down, pay ten. Put ten down, pays forty-five. Um, wow. Yep. Oh, that's good. Those are good odds. Yeah, I thought so. I thought that was that was more. Those than are fair, those so. are barman odds. <laughs> barman odds. Well, usually, usually I like the plus the plus two hundreds. Well, if I got a if I got a bet for you this week. Oh boy. We'll get to that. Somehow, someway, Atlanta United is plus 159 against Miami this week. Really? Yes. But it's in Miami. Wow. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that is. So you uh, don't think Tampa Bay can you don't think Tampa Bay can win the cup? Oh, I, no. I, I you know, I just you look at the the East. It, honestly, and I hate I hate to say this. I think the team to beat in the East is Philadelphia. Oh, they were on a roll. Why is Lindros? Did, did Lindros <laughs> come back? What's going on? They were never good when Lindros was there. <laughs> 70, they, the real seventy-seven. He was eighty-eight, I believe. Oh, was he? Yeah, I thought he was seventy-seven. No, seventy-seven was Paul Coffey, um, and Ray Bork. Wow. Um, they. We're, they went on a run right before we went into lockdown. They won like 12 of 15 and, and, and flipped. The the day before lockout, Pittsburgh was going to be the four seed and, and Philly won and, the, and Pittsburgh had lost like five in a row. Oh, yeah, that's right. They skidded in. Yeah, so and then they, they're playing around. They're just destroying teams. And it looks like, I mean, their first round was six games. You know, against a good goaltender and Carey Price. So, um I think Philly, and then obviously I think you got Tampa and, and Boston. They're, those two teams are awesome. They're both so good. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's who knows. Uh, I, I'd like to see the Lightning win just for you so you can rub it in my face for a year. I wouldn't do anything like that. Oh, yes, you would. <laughs> Dude, no, who would. do you think you are? I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold that against you. I, I do someday want to go to a Lightning's Penguins game in Tampa. That would. I think that would be a blast. Yes, that would be fun. Um, 
an odd story that came out this week that actually made me quite sad was um, uh, the passing of Dale Howarchuk. Dale Howarchuk played for the Sabres from, I want to say, 1990 to 1994, 1995, and he lived literally 10 houses away from us. Um, he was a great guy. He had a, some massive numbers um, when he was with the Sabres. Actually, when he was with the, the original Winnipeg Jets as well. Oh, wow. Um, he he put up, he was in the top five in scoring for like a 10-year span with, you know, numbers right behind Gretzky and Lemieux and and those guys that put up, I mean, it. I I, I looked I looked the other day. He had like three hundred sixty five points in like three hundred forty games with the Sabers. Really? Yeah. I mean, just he was an assist machine. He was he was playing with um, Pat Lafontaine and Alexander McGillney when when the Sabers were just lighting. I mean, he was on the team that McGillney had. I think seventy one goals the one year um, with the Sabers. So I mean, he had a ton of assists. But just, everyone wants to know. Did, did he mow his own lawn? Uh, well, here's the story. And and my and I'm pretty sure my dad talked about this on the podcast when we talked about some of the, the hockey players living in the neighborhood, like LaFontaine and Dave Anderchuk, Rick Vive, um, and, and Dale Howardchuk. My brother's, you know, my brother's five years younger than me, and all of his, he had one of his buddies lived right across the street from Mr. Howardchuk. Um and they would always play it was in a cul-de-sac so they would always play hockey there street hockey and and every once in a while Dale Howardchuk would come out and play with the kids oh wow and it's got to be a blast and even like i can even remember like jay coming home and saying yeah mr howardchuk came out and played with us my dad's like he's got a game tonight <laughs> <laughs> but like they, they on a saturday afternoon or sunday afternoon and i played in a few of the games cuz i would come down and play goalie but I never got the chance to play with Mr. Howardchuck, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they would there would be like ten kids out there playing street hockey in front of his house, and he would come out and play. Uh, sad story: he was fifty-seven. He passed away from cancer. Um, but all around good guy, you know. People in Buffalo loved him, so very oh, sad. Um, speaking of dying slowly, the NCAA football season's on its way. <laughs> I don't know. They, I, it's pretty amazing how healthy they've been able to stay after the initial positives at the schools. Um, so who knows? Maybe they'll be able to pull this the fall football off. Well, I, I think you know we've got SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve are playing. They they've come out and said that they are having a season in the fall. They're I think the SEC's playing ten or eleven games. Ten ten games, conference only. Um, ACC admitted Notre Dame in for the for the season so they're Notre Dame's playing an ACC full schedule. They could um, be the ACC champs. They that oddly enough it's between them and Clemson. <laughs> well they I opinion. guess they're not doing coastal they're not doing coastal and whatever the other one was uh and it's just the top two the top two win percentages um would play in the are going to play each other for the championship. Um I and think the, the ACC has one they get to do one outside opponent from the conference. Yeah, but I don't know that that's going to happen because there's no one to play. Uh, I think most of the schools lined up someone. Um, there were some rules involved. They were trying to make sure that they were within the same state. Um, Are they playing? I think things. there's another conference, maybe like the All American Conference or the. 
Like the one that yeah. that uh, Central Florida's in. Uh, yeah, because Georgia Tech is playing UCF. Yep. So I think that conference is that's where they must be scheduling games then. And the UCF might be playing everybody in the in the ACC this year. So, um, yeah. I think I think somebody wanted to play Navy, but that didn't work out because of whatever state no, they're. It was from. probably Notre Dame. Um, there was talk originally Notre Dame was if kids aren't in class, then there wasn't going to be any football, but I think they backed that up a little bit, backed up on that one. Beep, 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 beep. Um, so the big 10 and the PAC 10 have opted out. I personally feel like the big 10 might opt back in. I, I find it hard to believe that they, that, I find it hard to believe that someone would be able to keep their job after opting them out and putting them back in. But I feel that actually playing in the fall and doing the best you can is better than the spring option where student athletes have to play two seasons in a row. The other plan that I saw from the Purdue coach had Purdue starting their season on February 27th. Anyone in the Midwest knows who wants to play football on February 27th. No, but... (laughs) Think about this. Army Navy on Memorial Day. <laughs> How great would that be? That'd be that would pretty be pretty awesome. Um, I think Army is playing BYU and in February. Um, uh, they BYU found some opponents. Um, and I I don't think Army Navy can go on for some reason or uh, there's they travel restrictions Navy. to Maryland. Um, so maybe they'll get that worked out. Hard to tell. Um, because Maryland's so nice. They don't want, they no, don't. Well, no, this so just because they're just travelers. I mean, like a bit, they'd have to self quarantine for 14 days exactly. after they come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I having talked to soccer clubs, today. I've been talking to soccer clubs for the last two weeks about what they're doing. And like new, the guys in New Jersey are only allowed to invite people from Eastern Pennsylvania and New York. Uh, everywhere else, there's a, a travel restriction or quarantine on the way back or something right. to that extent. Uh, same. I talked to somebody in Maryland, same thing this week, that like they can't invite anybody except for clubs in Maryland. Um, so um, totally understand that. Well, I'm uh, glad they're at least trying to get started. So that's, Yeah, I mean, uh, I think everybody's, you know, trying to play. You know, it's funny. There was the rumor out there that the Big 12 took a vote that Sunday night. Two teams voted to keep playing, Nebraska and Iowa, because they're not having much COVID at all, um, which makes sense. And and they've even threatened to walk and join another conference. And the Big Ten said, go ahead. We'll keep your $50 million. We don't care. Um, uh, yeah, 50, $56 million. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the fallout here is players leaving those Big Ten schools um, to go to ACC, SEC, uh, big, big, big twelve schools. You know, transferring um, because they can't play. You know, and it, well, I don't. I don't think they can play this season. Um. Well, it's it's hard to tell at this point because school's back in session. But right, I don't think. Um. Yeah, but I, I definitely feel that the the a lot of student athletes are very perturbed that they didn't that they didn't. They don't feel like they had representation. Josh Fields um, definitely was. He tweeted. He, he tweeted out and, as soon as they they they. Uh, and and I feel for him because like the parents are saying, well, what changed in six days? Right. Well, well you were I, telling I, me Harbaugh said he didn't have any 
any cases at all. Why should he cancel? University of Michigan hasn't had a single positive test for COVID from their team for the season, which is pretty amazing for Michigan's history with the uh, initial for the initial um, uh, COVID outbreak is was uh, was horrible for the state. Um, but it sounds like they have the parameters and the things that they um, are doing is working, and so it's. Um, like a lot of the NBA coaches and players in the bubble, they were like, well, the bubble is the safest place to be. Right. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe thinking through college football, maybe the student athletes, maybe it's safer for them to be with their football team than it is on campus and in other parts and in other areas um, and doing other things. So even, even the NBA who's having issues with keeping players in the bubble is not having any issues. Correct. Well, and even though Major League Baseball has had some flare-ups, I think they figured uh, it out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed with 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 how well they've been able to manage the situation. Agreed. That's uh, um, it, that, it's really impressive that they these teams are traveling to other cities. Um, uh, when they do get a positive, they're sequestering themselves in the hotels. They're waiting to travel without infecting anyone. Um, and then, and then they're waiting. Uh, they're kind of seeing where things are for seven to nine days, and then they're going, and then they're starting to go back. So, I mean, that's that's how that's how that's how you manage something like this. You can't, you know, you have to. It's going to be a long, long haul, and you, you know, the restaurants in New York City aren't even open now. And you, and what's going to happen when they do start going to restaurants or doing? Uh, doing things you know obviously the numbers are going to go back up and then then what do you do do you lock back down or do you have to just do you have to manage it yeah um any predictions for the college football season who do you got who you got um, in the final four final four i'd say clemson, clemson and alabama again yep um probably not lsu but Maybe one of the other Western um, SEC teams like Auburn, maybe or no, it's going to be Florida. Uh, I just have a hard time that um, who's coaching Florida now? Uh, Dan Mullins. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he what, he's got. What about Lane at Ole Miss? At Ole Miss, have a just ride ride into the sunset. Toddy toddy. <laughs> ride out into the sunset. Um. Uh. You got yeah, in the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, who cares? They're all uh, Lincoln <laughs> Riley out in Oklahoma. I guess um, they've got COVID issues there um, within their football team. So that's yeah, but they'll uh, figure that out. Yeah, that's un- that's unfortunate. I don't I don't like Texas. Notre um, Dame. Uh, no, I don't like Notre Dame. I don't. I don't. I just no. Georgia Tech, Miami, no. Florida State. No, no, no. Um, I don't think UNC is going to have a good season either. Nope. You know, they had a great year <laughs> last Brown. year, but, <laughs> uh, uh, who's that, who's that leaving the ACC Boston college, Virginia, Virginia tech, Boston college, <laughs> Duke. No, maybe Cutcliffe. What, uh, nah. the, the Dukers overachieving the blue devils overachieving. They overachieved year? two seasons ago. They're, 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 they're good for, they'll be bad for another season or two. Nice. Um. Well, so that leaves uh, Auburn. I think Florida wins the East. 
That's a possibility. I don't. I don't think Georgia's on a good trajectory. They lost too right many now. players. They have no quarterback. They have no morale. Yeah. The that they seem to be just rudderless right now. Vanderbilt um, Drew thinks they're going to lose all eleven games. On purpose? No, just <laughs> just because they got to play the SEC every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's definitely a possibility. I don't think so. Missouri's going to be very good. No, I don't think ten, Tennessee might. You never know. Tennessee could turn it around. That's a possibility. You know, they get plenty of good kids. I agree with um, you on LSU. I think they lost too many players. I think Arkansas, not there yet. Um, uh, Mississippi State. Mm, I, I like Ole Miss, especially like Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss, he knows how to win football games. Um, but it's definitely Alabama, Auburn, probably the two best teams in the SEC. That's that's what I think. Me me personally, that's that's where I am too. And you know, Clemson's just with a little Florida bit behind third and third. I just don't. I I haven't liked what I've seen from Florida in a long time. So, um, all right. I'll recap our golf match. What we played? What three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Uh, I don't think it's four weeks, but it's been it's been a few weeks. So, Mark, uh, piano player, Mark. Uh, former state masters champion Barman and myself went out and played golf up at Hampton Village about three, three and a half weeks ago. Um, so mid midweek, mid, midweek, midweek. What we played Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. I think, it, I think it ended up being a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> highlights of the match on uh, the par three eleven. <laughs> Mark, right Mark, before Todd, right before Todd Muller's house, Todd Muller's right on the right on thirteen around Mark, the corner from Mark Shanks went off to the right and hits a house. Uh, and and when I say he was a hundred yards off from the hole, he was a hundred yards off from the hole. Uh, I I haven't I really haven't heard someone hit a house that hard. Living growing up in Florida, living on a golf course, I haven't heard someone hit a house that hard since someone uh, hits into those. Uh, those concrete tiles that we used to have in Florida where you'd hear the golf ball break one of those and then <laughs> go like a thousand feet in the air from the, from the switch in trajectory. And then who knows where the ball goes. Uh, Barman put up a solid round with clubs from 1975. <laughs> hey, everyone, everyone wanted to stroke a couple off the tee with the, with the persimiums. <laughs> uh, he didn't have a driver in his bag. He had a, a three wood that was smaller than my five wood and a five wood that was smaller than my four iron. <laughs> um, I, shot I believe the masters, the master state champ was like, if someone shows shows up to the, to the course with the clubs at home, he's, he's, he's either got a mad game or you're going to be looking for this, his ball. The, the entire afternoon. <laughs> uh, Chris, I believe shot a 90. Yeah. I had myself down for a 97. Um, and that was counting every stroke. Uh, I didn't actually have to, uh, I didn't go over the snowman rules, but I did have one or two. I had a lot of sevens, a lot of sevens on there. I shot an 88, um, and ran out of gas toward the end. <laughs> well, there's a, that, uh, the Hampton village has quite a bit of elevation change. And uh-huh. if you aren't playing, if you aren't playing very often, yeah, boy, that, that really, um, uh, I was stroking the ball pretty good. I was getting, I was, I was, I was at those, uh, but, but the elevation was just, I, I mean, I was barely getting like a three iron, like 175 or 180 a lot of times. Um, I ordered my new driver. I went and got fit for it on Friday. 
Oh, cool. Um, I got a ping driver coming. Um, did we get any questions for Ask Barman and Bevo? I don't think we did. No, we haven't uh, haven't had one of those. I don't think we've been just we haven't been consistent enough. Yeah. Um, which we totally understand, and unfortunately, life life happens. And uh, Mister uh, Bevo's got two kids now. I was lucky enough to get a little TV or a little uh, Skype time with Sydney with earlier. Little, with little Sydney earlier. She's yeah. got the she's got the hair game down. Oh yeah. Um, all right. I do have a bet with Bevo. I am taking Atlanta United on Wednesday against Miami plus one fifty nine. Um, twenty bucks pays thirty, and some change. So wow. Those are Barman type odds. I like that. But what was even crazier is both teams are plus whatever. Are so they, they trying to get action on the? Does that mean they're trying to get action on the game? I have no idea what that means. It, you never, you rarely see that both teams are like. My inner Miami plus one sixty four, and yeah, Atlanta they United. They have to be trying to get act, just trying to get action. Maybe. Well, get in on it early. I'm I'm looking right now. <laughs> I just pulled up Bavada. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So bet thirty, bet twenty, win thirty. That's pretty good. That's really good soccer odds. It's yeah, usually, it's better than uh, what I bet last night. Went bet thirty to win twenty. <laughs> no really yeah uh did you have to give up a goal no that I, I played the money line they oh cool typically they offer money line or half and if they do the half it's the odds are really close it isn't really even worth doing right yeah um you got anything else um no i did uh um Oh, uh, Max Verstappen did have a, a fantastic F1 victory in Silverstone in the second race at Silverstone. Um, beat Lewis Hamilton pretty convincingly, so that was nice. Was the Indy 500 today? They were they were racing Indy 500. Those cars look so stupid, I can barely watch. Um, they, they have like little windshields, um, and the cars are smaller than the F1 cars. Oh wow! And and they just don't look like they handle quite right. Um, the Kentucky Derby is in two weeks. It's September 5th. No fans? I don't think so. I think they did the, um, the Belmont stakes like a month ago or a month and a half ago. Maybe Uh, they might. I think if I read right, they might have said 20,000 fans. Maybe. Um, because they can socially dis I mean, they usually have 150 to 170,000 people there. Yeah. So I have to imagine 20,000 looks like no one's at the, I believe there's a horse in the Kentucky Derby called Gretzky greatness. Is Gretzky an owner? I don't know. I, Man, how, I happen to did, catch how it. How did you get those Atlanta United odds? I have no idea, dude. Oh, you're right. It is one four plus one forty five. Miami's plus one sixty five. That's weird, right? Yeah. The one hundred forty sixth Kentucky Derby to run on September fifth without fans. Really? I'm on their website. No fans. No fans. Horses. Even, Here we go. Even if we wore our Tis the law. Tis the law. Who I believe won the Belmont. Authentic art collector, Honor AP, New York Traffic, King Guillermo, 
Thousand Words, Dr. Post, Max Player, Caracaro, Enforceable, Rushy, Major Fed, Storm the Court, Attachment Rate, Soul Volante, Finnick the Fierce, Winning Impression, and Necker Island. Where did I see that that other horse? Captain Withdraw? Maybe. Maybe it's in one of the earlier races. Oh, wow. They were talking about it on the hockey game, though. Because uh, uh, Ed Olchek was talking about it. He covers uh, the Kentucky Derby for NBC as well. He's a big uh, uh, horse uh, gambler in horses. What are they called? Uh, the, uh, well, the... Um, I can't remember what uh, they're called. The, the horse bookies, the... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I can't even remember now. Um, I don't know. We'll uh, so we'll be back. We, we'll figure out maybe a time to do a, a Stooges episode. Well, you know what? Uh, Columbus Crew versus New York FC. Um, the day before, or yeah, the day before the Atlanta United game, or two days before, is also plus one forty FC plus one eighty Columbus Crew. Interesting. Where's it at? That's in New York. Yeah. Wow. All right. Putting 10 down on Atlanta United. There you go. All right. Well, that does it for episode 91 for the second time. For the, yes. Hopefully I can get this up. Um, we're Sounds start- like your technical difficulties. Uh, you sounded like you were... You had it under control by the time you called me back. Well, I got the old app back that we were used to record calls, and and that seems to be working properly. Um, I've got it on a secondary Mac computer that I don't use very often, so hopefully I can get it up on Podbean tonight and get it set up with the music and everything, and and put it up and be done with it. And then I've my other computer's battery's dead, but we should be good moving forward with that. So is your other computer not charging? I just forgot to bring the charger home. Oh, it was it's at your office? Yeah, I left the charger oh, at the office. Fun. So All right, Barman. Evo. Uh, enjoy the Tour de France. I'm sure we'll we'll come up with a time to talk during the uh the se- during the race. Uh maybe after the first week or something like that. Do a couple Stooges episodes. Nice. I I'll like th- it. I'll throw the Tour de France music in front of this one as well. Along with uh Holiday Road. Nice. So, all right. Thanks for doing this. Everybody, enjoy. Uh, We'll be back in a few weeks. Awesome. Thanks, Bebo. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve. Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a little bit more Than the law will allow
that's just a little bit more than the law will allow. I'm a good old boy. You know my mama loved me. But you don't understand the case. 